Hello, welcome to the Zillennial Big Sis podcast. I'm your host, Emma. or welcome to the Zillennial Big Sis podcast. If this is your first time joining me here, we're on episode eight of the podcast. And when I tell you like this is the craziest thing ever, I can't believe that I have eight episodes out and more of them with guests will be coming soon. I'm getting a new microphone because even though I love my Guitar Hero microphone very dearly, I realized that if I want to have guests on the podcast that aren't coming on virtually, I need to get a better microphone so it has better sound quality and things like that. So that is coming very, very soon. So just an update about what's been going on in my life. So I decided uh, originally I was going to do Mondays and Friday episodes of the podcast, but I realized that that is a lot and a lot of content that I have to keep up with. And, you know, this super busy week that I had was just an example of what could happen in any week. So I've decided I'm just going to do podcasts on Mondays and every once in a while sprinkle in a Friday episode. But for sure, catch me on Mondays giving you some good tips and advice. So speaking of Mondays, this last Monday, I actually went on a date. (laughs) So I went on a date with this guy that I actually, it's a weird story, but um, he listens to the podcast, by the way. So if you're listening, hey, 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 it's great. You're going to hear about what I thought about the date. So um, pretty much I met with, like I matched with this guy in Bumble a while ago. And at first I just like kind of stopped talking to him in the beginning And this was probably like maybe the spring or like very late winter. I just like kind of stopped talking to him. I really stopped talking to everyone at that time. I was just not in the vibes or in the moods. So I ended up posting this picture. I think it was like at the end of summer, maybe August. I don't know. It was some a few months ago, maybe one month ago, two months ago. I don't know. I posted this picture on my Snapchat and he slid up on it and we just started talking ever since. So I went on this date with him and we went to the zoo and it was honestly so fun. Thank you so much for paying for my ticket, by the way, if you're listening to this. So because we're in Indianapolis, the zoo right now is not necessarily the most popping time because we went during the day. So a lot of the animals weren't out and the Indianapolis zoo is kind of small compared to like any other big zoo. So we just like saw the exhibits, walked around, we talked the whole time and ended up just looking at like the sea lion exhibit for a really long time, just kind of talking. So if I were to give the date a rating, I would probably give it a 7.5, which seems like it's low, but I promise you for me, that's like a pretty high rating. I've never given a date in my mind over like a four, pretty much all the dates I've been on have been trash, but overall he's a super nice guy. We never really ran out of things to talk about. And I mean, if he asked me out on a date again, I would go on another date with him. Since the day we like have talked on and off here and there. But again, like this week was super busy for me. So I wasn't like good at holding conversations or anything. But I mean, if we go on a date again, awesome. And if he didn't think it was like a really great date, that's all right, too. So yeah, I mean, overall, he's a cool guy. I'm not really a love at first sight kind of person. It wasn't like I got there and, you know, was like, oh my gosh, I have the biggest butterflies. I, which I think is kind of a good thing because I truly believe in like 
a slow burn kind of situation where things grow as opposed to something that like starts and it's like, oh my gosh, like I'm in love with you. To me, I think that that's not very like sustainable. So overall, like he was a great guy. 7.5 out of 10 is really, really high for me. So I was like, oh my gosh, you're a cool dude. So if he asked me out again, cool. And if he doesn't, cool. So, I mean, it's really up to him. I'm not being like super specific about it. And maybe someday I'll ask him out again. So we'll see what happens. But if you're listening to this, let me know if you thought it was trash. So just hit me up, text me. <laughs> so other than that, I mean, we had Thanksgiving this week and it's it was really weird because, you know, when you're not following like the typical traditions that you've done for years and years. I mean, we didn't go over to either one of our grandparents' houses. We just ended up Zooming with part of one of my families, like one sides of my family. And it was just kind of weird and different. I mean, it was just me, my parents, and my little sister here because my older sister didn't want to travel in from Connecticut. But it was really interesting because there's something about it being a holiday and a tradition and that being different, making it a little bit more difficult than day-to-day life. I think by this point, I'm so used to, you know, the daily grind, put on a mask, go to work, do all those things, you know, not go out to bars and get crazy parties and things like that. Like I'm used to that now, but it's the difference of like a tradition where, you know, it typically was like every single Thanksgiving, we'd go over to my grandma and grandpa's house on my dad's side. And, you know, we would eat in their garage, which is such an Indiana thing to do and have really good food and watch the dog show and all of that kind of stuff. And then in the weekend following, we would always go to my other side of the family's house. So it was super different this year, but also at the same time, I just, I think it's really important that we put in the work this year to keep everyone as safe as possible and try to like stop this from spreading so much because let's be completely honest. Like my grandparents are some of the most important people in my life and I'm, I really want them to be around. Like I want them to be around for these life moments. I want to have all my family there at the table. So I don't know. It's very different, but it, it happened and we're getting through it. And I think every single day we're learning a little bit about ourselves and we're learning a little bit about the world. So take that as it is and take that for what it is. So today's episodes, I'm going to be actually talking about love languages and how different love languages and relationships can affect, you know, how you guys react. So the reason why I'm talking about this today is because I really thought about it while I was on my date because I'm not a very touchy person. Like my love languages are so opposite than many women that I know. I mean, like physical touch is absolutely at the bottom of my love language list. It is number five out of five. I don't like to be touched a lot unless I'm in like a really good mood or I initiate it or I like we're in a really good spot. So I was really nervous during like my whole day. I was like, I really hope he doesn't try to hold my hands because I mean, I literally sat there my whole date with my hands in my pockets of my coat because I was like, I just don't like being touched that much. And I don't want to have that conversation yet. We ended up talking about it a little later on the date. But today I'm going to be diving into the conversation about love languages and what love languages can actually do in your friendships and also your relationships like with a significant other. But because I don't have as much experience with that, my advice is going to kind of be coming from a friendship and family lens. So if you know absolutely nothing about love languages, I'm going to be kind of going over the basics of it. So there are five love languages, which are words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, and physical touch. 
And the reason I think that I can talk about this is because, for example, in my sorority, I think I had to take the love languages quiz like at least five times. And in one of my communications classes, we did a section about this. And also just in life in general, like working in different environments, I've also had to put this information to use. And it's just something that my friend group talks about a lot. And it's something that's really important for relationships. So you may be wondering, why is this important? Why is this something that, you know, you talked about in a communications class. Well, the biggest thing is like love languages are a way to communicate. The way that people like to receive and give love is very, very big with how they communicate it. You know, it can explain why certain people have different types of conflict management. It can explain, you know, how to make more meaningful relationships. And it can explain why in some relationships there's maybe a little bit of like, I love you so much. You're a great friend. Like I care for you. But right now I'm getting so frustrated with you because I'm not feeling like understood. And I think that it's very important to understand that these are super common relationship and communication barriers in people's lives. So the more we can learn about this and learn about other people and their love languages, the better that we can show love and give love to other people. I will be linking a whole bunch of resources like the five love languages.com down below because I think it's really important to go directly to the source. So I am not just making up this information by the seat of my pants. Like None of that. So don't worry about that. But just to kind of dive in to the different love languages, I'm first going to start with words of affirmation. So words of affirmation are the language that people use to give people praise, to accept people, to, you know, tell people positive attributes, things like that. So those are words of affirmation. And then we have acts of service. So for these people who value acts of service, it is literally the fact that, you know, what they do, your actions are more important than the words portion of it. When it comes to receiving gifts, it is for some people, they like to have a physical or actual like given thing for them to feel connected to whoever is their loved one or is giving it to them. For people who value quality time, it is the language that is all about like giving the other person your attention and giving them that amount of connection one-on-one or in a group or something like that. But really their attention is the biggest, biggest thing. And then physical touch. So there's nothing better for this person than an appropriate touch, whether that's, you know, holding their hand, giving them a hug, a back rub things like that. But again, keyword appropriate touch. So one of the things that I think is really important to remember is your love languages, though they are ranked out for you, can change based on, you know, the relationship with the person. So the way that you give love to your coworker is going to be very different than the way that you give love to your spouse. So that is something to take in consideration. But if you have not taken the quiz, I would definitely, definitely recommend it. And, you know, if you have a significant other or friends who haven't taken it, again, I recommend for them to take it as well and to share the results with you because it can be really, really helpful in relationships. So, I took the test and I've taken it many, many times and, you know, it's changed a few things here and there, but one of the most common ranking orders that I have in the most recent ranking orders are as follows. My number one love language is acts of service. 
My number two is quality time. Three is receiving gifts. Four is words of affirmation. And then five is physical touch. And I think it's really important when you're in a relationship or even just like with yourself, when you take this quiz to kind of think about, you know, what is it behind these that I think is like really important for me, acts of service. I really appreciate things like that. And it's not necessarily, Oh, go fix my car. It's, Oh, can you grab me a blanket or can you unlock a door for me? Things like that. Because for me, when I see someone do something for me, it means so much more than someone, you know, just saying something or giving a touch. I think that there's a lot of things for me personally. I don't find a lot of security in words or physical aspects and things, but when I can see that someone is actually doing something, I love that. The next thing is quality time. I just love to get around people, get to know them. I love to hang out with people. It is something that I care about, but it's not the number one thing for me. It's, it's really close. And that's the thing that has kind of flip-flopped over the years the older I've gotten, the more acts of service has like crept up there. But quality time is next. Receiving gifts, again, it kind of goes with acts of service where it's like, oh, like you went out of your way to go get me a coffee. Thank you so much. But that coffee itself is a gift. So, you know, I love that so much. But also when it comes to my bottom two, words of affirmation for me, just like given my past relationships and, you know, kind of just life experience in general, words typically don't mean as much to me as like doing something. And physical touch, again, doesn't mean as much as me, much to me as doing something. Because I think that touch and like words can be ways that people can use to manipulate you and things like that. So I don't actually have a very positive connotation to some of these things. So that is just something about me. I get really uncomfortable when people touch me like without kind of like giving permission. For example, I'm not a very big hugger. If I don't know you very well, I'm not going to run up to you and give you like a huge, huge hug. Um, most of the times it's just not like up there for me. So the reason I bring this up because this specific quality of physical touch is absolutely the lowest on my totem pole. It is just like something that, I mean, I would say like the other four are up there, but then like if I could rank it and then just put a whole bunch of spaces and put physical touch at like number 30, I mean, I would because it's something that I just like don't value a ton in relationships. And like, that doesn't mean that I don't want it every once in a while, but it's something that I do not value a ton. And the reason I bring this specific quality up is because one of my really good friends, um, I'm going to call her L and when I tell this story, um, I just like hope you guys realize. And if you're listening to this L, I hope you realize that these are things that I think we've resolved, we've really worked on. But you know, L's number one quality that she loves and has as her number one love language is physical touch. That is not mine. I think that like it's different for me too because hers is like a friendship. If I'm in a relationship with someone, do I like to be touched? Yeah. But it's, again, not the highest for me. But so it caused a lot of actual drama and like contention between us for a while. And it caused a lot of bumps and barriers in our relationship. So I'm going to be kind of telling you a brief story about that. And then after the story, I'm going to be telling you some ways to combat that. Because let's be completely honest. We all have someone in our life that we like, love dearly. We, you know, enjoy their time, all of this. But it's just something is a little off every once in a while and it bothers you, there is a chance that it is the love language that the person uses is kind of like in contrast to yours. So let me just kind of dive right into the story. 
So Elle and I actually, you know, we're in the same sorority together, but Elle and I actually did not become good friends until my junior year and her sophomore year. So she moved next door to me and um, I was in a new house. She was too. And we just started hanging out because, you know, we're next door and we're in the same sorority. We started going to things together and everything was great. All fine and dandy. Elle and I have so many things to always talk about. You know, we have nonstop laughs. Like we can have deep conversations. We can just have fun with each other. We spent way too much money with each other at like Culver's and other places like that. But where I kept having a sticking point in our relationship was, you know, Elle would always come over to my house junior year and she would come over and we'd watch stuff and I had a sectional. So on my sectional in my house, I would just lay on one end and she would lay on the other as people do in sectionals. And pretty much at the end of every single night, Elle would look at me and she would just like get this really big smile on her face and she would come up to me and lay right on top of me and do this thing where I think it was like maybe from the Goldbergs. It's from a TV show where she would do like butterfly kiss, like Eskimo kiss, like cheek kiss and then like kiss in my palm and put it on your heart. So like she would lay on top of me, literally like physically lay on top of me. She would be doing all these kisses, all these things like that. And I am not going to joke with you guys. Like I'm not kidding. When I say I would get so mad for so long, like unless I was in a really good mood that day, I was like, Oh, I love it. Like literally she would leave and I would look at my roommate and I would be like, Hey, I cannot I cannot deal with this. Like literally everything is good. But then this girl always wants to touch me. Like she's on top of me, like literally on top of me. And she would take her sweet time on top of me, all of these things. And I was like, oh, like this is driving me nuts. If she wouldn't do this, our relationship would have been so much better. And it got to the point where I was like, um, I don't like, don't touch me at all. Like not even a hug, like none of that because I like was like, oh, she's going to escalate. She's going to do all these things. And it was just because it's so low on my totem pole it makes me kind of uncomfortable that it was just causing all these problems so finally one day we kind of just you know had a little a little tiff a little argument and I was like Elle you need to stop touching me so much like literally stop and she was like well you're not giving me the physical touch that I need in our friendship and I said well you are suffocating me with this physical touch like it is really bothering me it makes me uncomfortable it just like it does not do it for me and you know we had this back and forth and every once in a while we this tiff would come up again and eventually we realized that like we had to adjust how we got our love and received our love with each other. You know, our friendship was great other than that part of it. Like that was a big, big sticking point because it was something that was super important to her and not important to me like at all. And it was actually something that like not everyone has this strong of a reaction, but like for me, I just really didn't like being touched that much. It just is not my favorite thing. And after a while, we slowly started to communicate better and like understand each other better and get past that hump in our relationship. And we realized that we had to compromise. So this is something that's super important to Elle. It's not something that's super important to me. Like to me, what's important is acts of service and quality time. So I was already spending a lot of time with her, but like the acts of service. So once I started to explain myself more, like 
why I didn't love physical touch as much, why it's just not my thing. And she started to explain why it was important to her. We realized how to communicate better. So now I will give her, you know, hugs and like every once in a while cuddles. I'll like, if I'm in the mood, I always try to give them to her because I know that's something that's important to her and it means a lot to her. And she knows that, you know, I have certain boundaries that I have to set up in our relationship and there are certain things that I don't want. And she's been really good at like following those and doing that. So it's all about finding that balance in those relationships. Physical touch is not the only only love language that has those limits and has those draws. For example, when I love acts of service and acts of service means a lot to me, like it means a lot to me. And it shows me that you care if you put a blanket, like I always ask my dad, I'm like, can you put a blanket over me? And he always does it. And he like rolls his eyes, but it really does mean a lot to me. And sometimes people perceive that as just like me being lazy or me asking for favors or things like that. But those things do mean a lot and they show their people show their love to me that way. And it's something that I really appreciate. But, you know, some people look at that and they're like, oh, I don't like that. I don't like that you ask for people to do things for you or that you expect people to do things for you, like kind of things like that. And it can kind of go for every single love language. Some people who don't value words of affirmation may think that you're wasting time by sitting there and just like telling them all these things and like hyping them up and things like that. And people who don't like receiving gifts and that's super low for them may get really uncomfortable if you try to give them a gift and could have guilt associated with that and feel like, you know, now they have to even the score and they have to, you know, tap for tat kind of thing. When it comes to things that I realized when it comes to different love languages, you have to have, you know, more open ideas and communications for people to understand you better and to understand other people better. If you assume everyone is like you and everyone values the same things like you and what works for you works for everyone else, you're going to be caught at a dead end. Once you realize that so many people have these different combinations of things and so many people value different things, whether it's in a relationship setting, a friendship setting, or a work setting, you will be so much more open to growing relationships. And it's honestly kind of fun to ask your friends, hey, have you taken this love language test? You know, have you, do you know your ranking? And if they say yes, then, you know, talk about it. But if they say no, say, hey, let's take it together. And there are a lot of free versions online. I know that the five love languages one can cost money from like the official source, but there are like really good ones out of that as well. But I think it's really cool to be able to you know, get to know your friends on that level and understand what they value and how they feel love, you know, more deeply and what they think true love is and like showing love. And when you do that and you have those conversations, you will start to find yourself, you know, being able to see things. Oh, maybe I can do better with this. You know, maybe I can help our relationship get better with this. And, you know, hopefully they do the same because at the end of the day, the love language test, you know, it's just another way to understand people on a deeper level and hopefully open up for more conversations. You know, when I explain to a lot of my friends why acts of service mean so much to me and why, you know, words of affirmation don't, they were like, oh, wait, that makes a lot of sense. I never even saw it that way. And when my friends explained to me what physical touch meant to them and why it's something they think is so important, again, it opened up my eyes to a different way of seeing the world and a different way of feeling things. So when you're doing those relationships, start there. Just start with talking about the results, seeing what you got and stuff like that, and then try to see 
if there is anything that you can do to show that you care. And to close out this episode, I'm just going to be going through the different love languages and some ideas that I have of ways that you can show the people in your life that have these love languages that you really care for them. To get started and just dive into words of affirmation, I think the key thing here is to take time and be intentional about what you say to people when they have words of affirmation at the top of their list. They value every word that comes out of your mouth so much more than other people do. And it's really important to remember that when you're with them because it's really easy to have, you know, word vomit or, you know, sometimes say something that you don't mean. But when you're intentional about what you say around them, you're intentional about, you know, giving them affirmations and telling them that they're doing great and telling them that you see all the hard work that they're putting into things, whether it's in a relationship or in jobs or a club or an organization, or you can see that they're struggling and they're really working on their mental health, giving them that verbal sign of understanding, that verbal sign of recognition can mean so much. And the great thing about this is you can do it even if you're not with them. I'm not going to lie. Some of the different love languages are a little harder when you're not physically with someone, but I'm going to be talking about that with each of the other ones. But the nice thing is you can just send them a text message and say like, you've been doing great. You know, I love you dearly, things like that, or a Snapchat video or just, you know, writing them a letter, things like that may be small and trivial to people, you know, who that isn't at the top of their list, but it means a lot to people who have words of affirmation at their number one. So now to jump into acts of service, when it comes to someone with acts of service, it is really important to remember that it is about what you do. It is about what you can do for them and, you know, what you do to show that you cared for them and, you know, putting in that extra bit of effort. These people take actions super seriously. They, you know, believe that they're the actual true marker of what you believe in someone and how you care for someone. So I think the best ways that you can show love to people who love acts of service or value acts of service is by asking them, hey, what what can I help you with right now? You know, if there's one thing I can take off the plate for you, what can I do? An example of some things that you can do are, you know, anything from like making breakfast in bed to helping them do the laundry. If you know someone that you love or care about, whether it's your friend, your roommate, your spouse, whatever, you know, they're having a super busy week, do the dishes in the sink, even if it's not your turn, you know, vacuum the floor, do things like that to show that you care. And when you pick what to do, try to pick something that, you know, maybe they didn't want to do or they've been needing help with. They're maybe a little behind on. Try to do something like that. But when you do it, you don't have to say anything about it. You can just say, hey, I just wanted to do this for you. But just remember that even if you don't say something, there is a really, really good chance that these people will notice because that is the thing that they value the most. So if they go to do the dishes and they're already done, they're going to be like, oh, well, who did the dishes? And it's going to make them feel super good. When it comes to receiving gifts as someone's love language, what they really care about is having a material sign or an actual physical way to represent the love that someone has for them. And that's not necessarily saying, oh, I'm going to buy you like a brand new Louis Vuitton bag. It can be little things as well, like little tokens and little ways that you can give them gifts. So one of the best things is if someone loves flowers, buy them flowers and just send them to them. Or if they love music, make them a Spotify, Apple Music, or, you know, a mix CD kind of thing. I know CDs aren't really, really 
big anymore, but you know, making them a Spotify playlist of songs that you think that they'll like. If you like doing surprises or random things, you know, send them a gift at work or buy their lunch for them and have Grubhub deliver it to their office or maybe their house or something like that. Gifts do not have to be these huge, huge things. Gifts can be really small tokens and they're just some way that people are like, oh wow, they really care about me. They're willing to spend a monetary value. They're willing to give me something that they care about, um, whether that's time, money, or really just anything. Gifts are really important to these people and those are some really good ways to give those. To dive into quality time, just remember that people who care about quality time and have that high up for them is about attention and connection. So some ideas of things to do to show love for the people who care about quality time, you know, going to a new restaurant or cooking a new meal together, something that you're doing with them together is really, really nice. You could play a game with them, whether that's a board game or a game of cards, something like that. You know, this person likes quality time and they prefer it, you know, one-on-one. Go and get lunch with them without your kids or your boyfriend or anyone else, just with them on a one-on-one thing. Another thing that people with quality time really could enjoy is something like a simple road trip. It doesn't have to be super long, but you know, whether it's 30 minutes or three hours or 13 hours, that is a lot of time that you can spend with someone. It is a lot of time that you can have to build that relationship even further. You can go on a walk with someone and enjoy outside, enjoy the weather that you have, but also use that time to catch up with the person and really just like have a good time connecting with them. Whatever you do with someone who cares about quality time, you know, that's going to be good for them. But if it's quality, so that means not having a ton of distractions, not being on your phone the whole time and really being present with that person. The key word in this is quality time. It's not just time in general, but having that time that you can really get to know someone, you can have those experiences with them. That's really important to these people. So make sure whatever time you are giving to them. And even if it's virtual over zoom and things like that, that you are really zoned in on this time, that it's time for you to, to grow in your friendship and your relationship. The fifth and final love language is physical touch. And when it comes to giving love to people with physical touch, again, remember, it's about that personal and physical connection with them. I completely understand right now with COVID happening, it's very hard when it comes to physical touch because of social distancing, because of, you know, the rules and regulation that we're following in the U.S., Physical touch can actually be the hardest love language to show right now. And I think that these people in your life might be like having a hard time. So definitely check on your friends that have physical touch as their top love language because there's a chance that they're not getting it right now. But there are just some things that I would recommend if you have someone who loves physical touch in your life, you know, always giving them a hug when you see them. Try to sit closer to them on the couch, maybe play with their hair or give them a back scratch or a massage or cuddle with them, things like that that you really like. If it's someone that you're in a relationship, hold their hand in public, you know, give them a kiss on the cheek. And all of these things are really important because these people really, really need that actual physical connection and they need this in their life. And if it's something that you're not comfortable with, try to give it to them in little births. For example, physical touch is not super high for me. So one thing that I've noticed with one of my friends, M, she is so great and I love her dearly and she needs physical touch in her life. So one of the things that we've devised is we just will randomly, she'll hold out her hand, I'll hold hers. You know, it's probably only three seconds, but it's a three second squeeze. So I'm giving her that touch, like a little bit of what she needs while I'm still being comfortable. 
But even if you have that kind of like dissonance when it comes to touching people, it's still important to give you these people love. And, you know, maybe a one minute cuddle is all you would typically go for. Try to extend it to five minutes and, you know, try to give them when you give them a hug, make sure it's a big hug and not one of those one one arm stupid hug, bullshit hugs kind of thing. Like give them a full hug, both arms, really give them that embrace, give them that time. If you're holding their hand, you know, hold them a little bit closer to you as opposed to being far away. Anything that you can do to extend or prolong the amount of time that you're giving these people this physical connection is really beneficial for that relationship. Now that you've learned a little bit more about love languages and kind of seeing how this can be something that's really beneficial to relationships, or if it's not done properly, it can be a barrier in communication with relationships. I think it can, you know, either refresh your information if you already knew this, or if you learned something new, I'm really happy to bring this information to you. Just like any other personality test or anything like that, yes, some people may be like, I don't want to be defined into a box because just because I have this as number five doesn't mean it's not important to me. I think you can take this as deeply or as, you know, with a grain of salt as you want. But I think it's a really, really good way to understand how to give love to people and how people really feel love in their lives. And whenever we can understand this better about other people and we can take time to also understand this about ourselves, we can grow our relationships and we can have a lot more success in our relationships. So even if you've already taken this test before, I would definitely recommend taking it again. See if anything changed because it can be affected by your mood, what's going on in your life, or anything like that. So I never think that you can take this test too many times. I don't think that you can have too many conversations about this with people because it is just one way to show that you actually care about the relationships that you have in your life. Understanding people in your life is one of the most important things that you can do. And the best way that you can give love to people is by trying to give them what they need and what they want. So much for listening to today's episode all about love languages. When I get into a topic I just think it's so interesting to share about. And I think this is one of those topics that people can really learn about and is actually beneficial and applicable in daily life. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. I am super excited for next week's episode because I've got something really fun planned. If you are not following already, give me a follow and also set up automatic downloads for the Zillennial Big Sis podcast. You should be expecting them coming every Monday now. And also on top of that, uh, maybe, maybe a little random Friday here and there. Thank you so much for listening and have an amazing week.